Welcome to Coach, the professional coaching podcast. Conversations to explore what coaching is really all about, what it takes to be a great coach, and why coach training really does make the difference. Discover how coaching can help you in all areas of your life and business in a fast-paced and demanding world. So join us here to share conversations and insights with some of the best coaches from around the globe. Real coaches, real talk. So let's get started with me, your host, Teresa Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode on the Coach Podcast. And today's guest is someone that you will resonate with, I'm sure, and someone that surprisingly I resonated with her niche and how she talks about business. Um, And so I hope you're going to enjoy it. I would like to welcome Emma Louise Parks to the show. Emma is a business strategist and coach for ambitious introverts. And she recently featured in Coach Magazine with an article all around this. If you haven't read that, you can head over to coach-magazine.com and see her article. Um, And so welcome. Welcome, Emma Louise. Lovely to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And it's lovely to finally speak to you in person. Yes, indeed. We were just talking, weren't we, before we started recording about how we forget that we haven't met people in actual person that we've been speaking to for a long time or actually even got to know really well, clients and friends alike. And then we realise we've just literally met this half body of them. (laughs) (laughs) Also in a head. (laughs) Yeah. And so from uh, today forwards, hopefully all that will be changing and we'll be able to get together in time in person a bit more. So thanks for being on the show. Thanks for your time. And your subject, your niche, Emma, is really, really interesting because there's a lot of people that wouldn't perhaps class themselves as an introvert they might not class themselves as an extrovert. So let's let's start by just understanding the differences there. So it's so true what you say, because I've had so many people in the last 18 months say, I didn't really realize that I was an introvert, but everything that you've written really resonated with me. And, and then I understood, you know, where I'd been looking at it wrong. And I think where people make the mistake is thinking that introvert means shy or quiet or anxious or underconfident. It actually just means that we get our energy back by spending time alone. So we recharge by spending time alone and extroverts recharge by spending time around people. And it's really as as basic and fundamental as that. It works with data as well. Introverts will quite often internalize data, um, which can lead to overthinking and a little bit of procrastination. But Generally, you know, if we want to think something over, we will think it over. An extrovert will talk it out. They will literally speak as it's as it's coming out. So they look more confident, more outgoing. Just it's just down to how we recharge and how we process what's in front of us. Mm, interesting. And I suppose it, it comes down literally, doesn't it, to those two words like in and out. You yeah. know, you're saying that the extroverts like to be and, and they attached to other people's energy maybe attached is the wrong word but you know they're kind of like that that really feeds them is that more of an extrovert type and so for instance if an extrovert were by themselves for too long how would they feel they would start to feel really antsy they'd start to really crave that connection restless boredom all of those kind of things Whereas you know, an introvert will generally be quite happy alone, you know, feed off their own imagination and enjoy the time. Um, and then the opposite, when they spend too much time with people, we often feel very drained and depleted and almost just like we need to go and plug into ourselves. Mm, that's interesting because um, you, we were talking about, you know, 
social people because introverts aren't necessarily quiet shy little mice are they I mean you know there's all different kinds of introverts but it's that you know so people can be sociable and introverted what did you mean by that so they can be social in that they are very happy communicating with people they're very happy meeting people and being around people um, which I am but I know my limits so I can easily look at a calendar and say yep that's enough you know make sure there's a couple of days in between where I'm not committed to anything because I'm going to need to recharge Um, another example is before the lockdown I went out to Los Angeles for a retreat with a group that I was in And I declined to stay in the retreat house. It was a beautiful house, but I just knew that all of that, you know, masterminded and everything that we'd be doing all day that I needed to step away from it at the end of the day to recharge my energy. So loved being in a group for eight hours in the day, but knew that I needed that time alone afterwards. So that's really interesting, isn't it? Because it's learning, I guess, how to manage yourself or first of all, understanding yourself, um, which, which leads us to online business you know building an online business um, with more of an introverted nature what kind of problems can that present well I think and on the whole a lot of introverts are more intuitive feeling people they tend to have a sense of things and, and are quite sensitive and I don't mean sensitive as in you know tearful and, and emotional I mean sensitive as in receptive to other people's energy and what's going on and a lot of the I'm going to say tactics online can be quite strategic. So it's very much like, you know, send a cold DM to a hundred people and one might reply and then take it from there. And and it's very logical and and numbers-based. And certainly that's something I struggled with when I came online. And I know a lot of my clients have before because it didn't feel good. It's like, this, this doesn't feel how I expected running a business to feel. I'm not really making connections with people or I don't feel like it's in integrity with me. Interesting. And you sort of use the word feeling there as well. So the more sort of intuitive, introverted types want to really feel that connection. And of course, when you're online, there there is a numbers game to be had, to be played. You know, obviously, it's, a, it's about that as well. But that can, how does that show up as difficult for them? What does that kind of stop people doing? I think it's where we've got, so I'll give you an example. Um, so I think it was Simon Sinek of Start With Why said, when an introvert gets up in the morning, they have five coins. And every time they have a social interaction with someone, they give a coin away. And then at some point in the day, they're depleted. An extrovert wakes up with no coins. And each time they have a social interaction, they collect one. So they get more and more energized throughout the day. So if you're an introvert and you've got five coins, and you're sending out maybe like cold DM after cold DM or making connections that you're not getting any feedback or they don't feel good to you, you're going to burn your energy out really, really quickly. Mm. That's really interesting, isn't it? Because just even that that kind of uh, metaphor like that, you can just feel it and see it and understand where you are with that. And I think to a certain degree, we've all got that balance there's those parts of us that want to be introverted and quiet and and then you want to kind of come out of your shell some people of course are extroverts all the time and gathering their coins you know I love that that's great go and gather your coins and your energy and so they're just using their energy differently is that what it is Emma 
Yeah, 100%. My best friend in business, she's a huge extrovert and she loves nothing than more than spending an hour in the DMs, you know, chatting to her audience and doing it. She's like, oh, I feel really fired up. I've been connecting with people. It's really great. So obviously that works perfectly for her. I know a lot of my clients, obviously most of them are introverts, not all of them, I will say, but most of them. They much prefer to put their energy into creating, say, blog posts or podcasts or content that really connects with their audience, but that has that longevity because they know that they've got to use their energy wisely. Mm, it's interesting. And you, you mentioned empaths as well, sort of, you know, people that are sort of, sort of more empathetic, because, of course, if you are an empath, you can actually be quite affected by all the energy around you, can't you, that other people have. And in fact, that can deplete you. So is that a similar kind of thing? Similar kind yeah, of, 100%, yeah, 100%. Um, and empaths and highly sensitives in, in particular, that energy transfer can just be from looking at someone's social media profile. And, you know, people think, oh, you, you need to be around people to get depleted and drained. It's like, no, not at all. A Zoom call could deplete and drain you mm. if you take on that person's energy. Reading something in your Facebook feed that's upsetting, you know, can really disrail you because you, you are absorbing it. So I think when you have to protect your energy in that way and you have to make sure that, you know, you, you are looking after yourself, then you, sometimes we need to limit our exposure to certain things. And if that means marketing in a way that, makes us feel better keeps us energized and means that we can serve our clients then so be it mm. and you, it's interesting because you've referred to something that i'm sure a lot of people in the online world um, can relate to and that's kind of that overwhelm and that overload of information i mean there is so much information isn't there and it's interesting when i was uh, we were working on the article together and i was reading through it and i thought you know what i think i'm more introverted than i thought um and possibly after the pandemic as well, possibly after all the introspection and the time, I actually went out socially the other night and I was exhausted <laughs> the next day. I don't know whether it's because I'm just not used to it. I need to get onto my social toes again. But it was the it was the the the, the brain power, the constant interaction. Yeah, I questioned that because I thought, well, I do that all day. What was the difference? You know, I think there's something to be said around how our energy has been affected especially after this unusual time we've all been through but there's always that danger isn't there Emma of the the overwhelm and the overload so how do you help um, your clients to reduce this so what my clients always say is that they have this like big vision and a head full of ideas and they're overthinking it and, and mulling it over and that's why they're looking for support and I help them by really streamlining what's important to you, because quite often, like I say, they have a vision, they know what they, they want their business to look like in, say, a year or three years, but they don't know the next move to make today because they've been online, they've read about 20 different strategies and completely overwhelmed. Um, so one of the first things I do is I put a lot of my clients on a consumption ban because they're looking at other people, thinking that somehow they're doing it wrong if they're not doing it in the same way. So I put them on a consumption band so they can get really clear and actually tune into what do I, how do I want to present myself online? Not, oh, look, that person's doing this. I need to do it too. And then just create a really simple and aligned plan. Quite often people need to do less than they believe. Yes, that's interesting, isn't it? We hear we hear that, you know, um, do do less, you know, and that whole kind of like hustle thing that doesn't need to happen. And so that's that energy as well that kind of drive that driving force. It's actually quite damaging. Um, 
And I think you're right. It's really about finding, isn't it, those next best steps. And, you know, I can resonate with that because it's so easy to get overwhelmed, especially if, you know, you're a creative type as well. Um, Creatives have a lot of ideas. A lot of us are really creative as an entrepreneur. You need to be creative as a coach. You need to be creative. That's one of the great qualities I believe of coaching is to be creative, creative thinking. So it stands to reason that all these ideas are going to kind of like jar jar in um, and and be overwhelming. So so basically simplifying it, you know, keeping it aligned and streamlining it, um, cutting and the consumption thing I think is is absolutely great because social media isn't always that social, is it? And it's very it's easy to get it all mixed up into a big bundle of like what is going on. And it's funny because we don't do that in the real world, do we? You know, if we are, um, I don't know, say if we were a hairdresser, we don't say, yeah, but look at all the other hairdressers. Look, look how they snip and cut. Look, look how she does those tints. Look, look how this, look how that. We, we wouldn't do that. No hairdresser would do that because they're too busy in their own world, in their own salon, doing their own thing. And I think that's a really important focus to have for every entrepreneur. It's like you're almost, you've got to create your own little space that then you come from. Otherwise, it can just be exhausting. And, and we hear a lot about this, don't we? Do you think that's all connected, Emma? I do, 100%. I think that there's this tendency where a lot of introverts love to research and maybe be a bit more ready than extroverts would feel they needed to be before they could put something out there. They get into this loop of research because there are so many different options. Then they get a complete like block on what to actually choose and don't take any action. It's almost like the amount of information is overwhelming. And if you're looking for a person to follow and you know follow their exact path and build your business it's there's no way that's going to happen because there are thousands of people out there doing it in thousands of different ways they've all got a completely different personality a completely different backstory we never know what's going on behind the scenes and i think it can just be so damaging to almost compare yourself to someone else's highlight reel Mm. And that's what they are, of course, because what's interesting about that is that there's not one single person that I've actually met, air quotes, on a Zoom that is kind of like totally mirroring and, 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 and reflecting exactly what they're putting online because it is advertising. You know, we are there to advertise and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's important to remember that we're real as well. And there's always a behind the scenes. There's always things going on you're not just alone thinking that everybody else has has got it all going on (laughs) so Emma how did you first realize that you were an introvert and start working in this niche because there must be something that obviously led you towards this um, as a story or experience for you so I was in well I've been into personal development for about 10 years but about five or six years ago I got very strongly into it I got my second coaching certification and I was coaching in corporate so I did my NLP because that I found that very useful for my coaching and as I started to think about a business outside of my job I was listening to you know personal development podcasts and I think it was Tim Ferriss mentioned being an introvert And it wasn't a term I was familiar with. And they suggested, you know, well, you know, hop on, take the test online. It's free and you can you can find out. So I thought this this is quite interesting. I do love a test. So (laughs) went and filled it it all out and it came back and it was like, oh, you know, your score is INFJ and you are one point five percent of the population. 
and you are the, the rarest type. And I was like, wow. And I read the report and I literally cried because it was so accurate. So wow. I'd gone from, oh, this is moderately interesting to, oh, my soul is like written here on a piece of paper. And funnily, I immediately sent the test to a male friend of mine because as soon as I read it and realized I was like, he's going to be the same. And I sent it to him and I said, do this and let me know what you get. And about 10 minutes later, he was like, INFJ, why? And then I was like, I that was it. My interest was so piqued. Mm. Um, and it's just really helped me, I think. I think it's very permission given. I'm, I never use it as an excuse. It's not like, oh, well, I can't do this because my type is this. But I think it's very permission given to understand where my strengths are and where I need to look after myself and conserve my energy. I think that's really important because there's so often time, isn't it, that we may try to be everything in this in this space or even in this world, you know, try to be all things to all people, all things to ourselves. And that just leads to really sort of giving yourself a hard time when you can't sustain all of those different facets, you know. Um, and of course, you know, the, the profiling, which is what you're talking about, that kind of profiling, understanding where your strengths and weaknesses lie is really, really important. So is that part of something you do with your clients now so that you can really help them understand their type? Yeah, 100%. One of the first things we do when we start working together is I have them take the Myers-Briggs type indicator. And straight away, usually when they fill out their onboarding questionnaire, they'll give me the response to that. And then when they tell me what they're struggling with, it it always makes complete sense. Mm. And what I try and get across to them is everyone's different and the world needs different personalities and people thrive doing different things it's not about changing ourselves. So for instance, an INFP client who may be a little bit unfocused and disorganized will be like, well, I need to get more focused. I need to do this. And it's like, well, no, let's look at that another way. Like how can we make it work around your energy and your schedule? Because if you try to make yourself sit down for three hours and concentrate on something, you're going to feel awful. Mm. And that's, I think that's really powerful because that's the thing that, that will happen is like, okay, so I'm not focused enough. And exactly as you just said, so I must get focused, which immediately kind of like implies that you're not in any way at all. And then you've got to spend this big block of like effort, energy or time being focused, getting focused to just tick off the box and say, well, now I'm more focused. Well, actually, you know, what you're referring to is what we were talking about before, which is really creative thinking, creative coaching and, and working with people with the unique set of skills and talents that they have which is what coaching is all about like I, I don't know about you but I really feel that we can't pump people through like methods and systems and one size fits all and I know it's important to have a system to have a process I mean I love a process I'm sure you do as well oh yeah um, because we want some steps right we want some steps but also you hear people say as well well that didn't work for me so what works for one doesn't work for the other. And that's the same with, with anything. And I think, you know, you learn a lot about yourself, don't you, as a as an entrepreneur? You know, what have you learned about yourself, Emma, since you had that kind of light bulb moment, really, I guess, which then projected you into, into your niche? But what have you learned about yourself along this journey? I've learned that there's a lot of things I can do, but it doesn't mean that I should do them. And... I outsourced very early a lot of tasks because I could feel my energy being depleted. So yeah, I can knock out a sales page on, on my website, but it doesn't mean I should do it because that's mm. definitely not my zone of genius. 
you know, I can, I can schedule my content. I can do my accounts. Like I just, because I can do those things doesn't mean that I should, because the amount of energy and effort that they take and the amount of my time that it takes up is, is just not worth it. But I think as kind of type A, high achieving people that have come from high corporate backgrounds, um, which most of my clients are, we should, we feel like we should be able to do everything. And, and somehow it's, I don't know that we failed almost if we don't, but it's really understanding that that's not what we're here for. We're here to do the thing that we're here to do. And I think as well, that leads us really nicely into mindset, doesn't it? Because that is such a mindset issue sort of coming from, you know, corporate background or some kind of other professional environment where you perhaps have had to do a lot of what we might call multitasking. And we're proud of our skills bank. We're like, well, I can do all of this and this and this and this and this. But it's like, well, if you think about being, a, a, you know, that CEO mindset, okay, that we, we all strive to achieve, it's really about, well, what's your, what's your golden piece that you do? When you think about those coins that you were talking about there as well, and we, we refer back to that, it's like, well, do I want to give my coins out to admin? Do I want to give my coins out to the sales pages? Do I want to give my coins out to the content? Now, I can resonate with that because... You know, I and sure many others listening, I give my coins out to those things as well. And more and more recently, I'm like, well, no. And actually, it feels so good. It feels so yeah. good to just just be able to say, well, you do that and you do that without feeling like you're relinquishing any responsibility. So I think that permission part is really, really interesting. Do you notice? So what's the major thing that you notice in the mindset shifts with your clients once they start doing this? They don't realize how much bandwidth things have taken up, especially things that are more repetitive or admin tasks that they think, you know, oh, well, it's easy for me to copy and post my content into LinkedIn and Facebook groups. Like, why would I pay someone to do that? But then I have them time track it over a month and you can guarantee that this is taking up something like six, six and a half hours. And when I start to say to them, imagine if you could spend that time creating content or how many more clients could you take? How many more one-on-one clients could you take if you weren't doing that time? And they start to see it that way. There's always that inevitable, scary, you know, month or so at the start where they've, you know, outsourced it. They're paying someone, they're not doing it. And they're like, oh, but inevitably they always say, I can't believe I was doing that. Like, I don't, I don't know where my headspace was. And they always feel so much more creative and then start to see those energetic opportunities for more clients. Yes, well, this is it, because I guess if your head is blocked in all of those areas, you're not actually seeing your opportunities, not seeing like where, where you could go and or, or things that are coming in front of you, you're missing them. Yeah. So much copy and pasting and content and, and things to it. And, you know, it's it's overwhelming, really, isn't it? I mean, what do you think is the most in, important way that an introvert can preserve their energy? So we've talked about streamlining it talks about obviously you know um restricting some intakes what other ways would help really noticing yourself and your own limits because again it's not a one size fits all it's not like you know I can't say to one of my clients you know well you can spend an hour a day doing this because another client might be able to spend two hours and someone else might only be able to spend 30 minutes so I think really paying attention and really feeling into how different activities make you feel. And I always say to them, don't get yourself drained and overstimulated and tired. Stop before you get there. So for instance, when Clubhouse came out, I 
you know, did a few rooms on, on Clubhouse, uh, people were like, oh, it's so introvert friendly. For me, it wasn't. <laughs> and I started to really, I did a few like rooms that were an hour and I'd be really drained when I came off them. So when people started inviting me to co-host rooms, I was really clear. I said, I only do 45 minutes because I knew I could, you know, come in, give value, have a nice time, hop off after 45 minutes and still feel okay. Because we're not in business to exhaust ourselves doing tasks around our business to then you know feel exhausted with our families or partners or not have any energy to do things at the weekend. I think it's so important to know your limits and almost quit while you're ahead. Mm. And it's it's important, isn't it? So sort of word that's coming up for me is that balance. That yeah. balance there. And talking about Clubhouse is so interesting because I did a Clubhouse room with somebody. It was the first time I'd done one. And they said, oh, you know, I said, how long will it be? I was thinking maybe half an hour or so. Um, and they were like, well, really, I suppose the minimum is 90 minutes. I was like, sorry, 90 minutes? <laughs> I mean, it's not like I can't talk for 90 minutes. I definitely can talk for 90 minutes, but I was quite surprised. Um, and then obviously these rooms sometimes can go on for hours. Yeah, because there's a rolling intake of, of people it. coming in and out. And I think that's something I find very different. I don't know if that's an introvert thing or just me, but I like to have like a defined start and a mm. defined end. But people were like, oh, we'll just keep going because some more people have joined. It's like the never ending room. It's like yes. we're still talking one week later. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you there. I like to have, I like to know what time we're going to start. I don't I don't mind, a, I'm not great with time because I'm, I'm somebody that lives very much in time, not on time. And I do struggle with that um but I do like to have a rough idea of how long I'm going to be <laughs> doing things or expected to show up or talk and I think you know talking about showing up let's just talk about that for a minute how do um your clients um sort of the introverts and empath creative style people feel about being visible online in terms of you know lives and video and all that kind of marketing how does that work for them so it's a real mix. I've got clients that video is a hard no for them when we start together. And that's absolutely fine. And it doesn't make sense for some people's businesses at all. You know, they, they don't need to do that. Um, I have others that were like, no, I'm not doing reels. I'm not doing video. And then as their confidence has grown in their business, they've gone, oh, actually, I, I thought I might try a reel. And I'm like, great try it. But I think the important thing is to test out what works for you. So for me, showing up on the podcast once a week, you know, I put five pieces of content out a week. I put a blog post out a couple of times a month. I do a lot of guest podcasting and articles. That that feels really good. I am not so much one for showing up regularly on video. If I'm in the mood, I will, but I don't tend to commit. So I'm not like on Facebook stories every day or anything like that. Just because I know that the days I don't feel like it, I don't want to let my audience down. So I always get my clients to approach showing up with what can you do consistently that is going to keep you present for your audience, but doesn't burn you out and make sure that you still feel good. Yeah. That you actually enjoy that you actually yes. enjoy. I think that's the key, right? I think there's so much of doing, 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 must do this, should do that, all of that. And, you know, sometimes I say to my clients, are you actually enjoying doing that? They go, not, well, not really. Well, let's not do it. <laughs> let's do something different. Let's find what you do enjoy. Because I know for, for myself as well, because it's quite easy to just do a story or, you know, I like to just show up impromptu, you know? So whilst I like the structure and the schedule of what I'm going to do, I also like the flexibility to just, am I going to show up? Am I not? So I could question myself on my consistency there, but I don't want to feel like I'm in a regiment 
of my own business also. So it's like, it's trying to find, again, that key word of balance, but realizing, I like what you said about tuning in to, you know, feeling into how you are responding to what you're doing. Because sometimes I know that, I mean, I work very much with my values. And if I don't feel good, or something is jarring at me, I just have a quick check in there. And I realized the other day, something I was doing, uh, I thought, why does this feel so difficult? Um, Because I want to do it. It's something I'm totally into. Why is it so hard? And I realized that one of my values is humor. I like things to be fun as well and and, and have a good sense of humor around some things. And and it was humorless. What I was doing was just really dry. (laughs) (laughs) And the people that I was working with just weren't much fun, really. And it just felt heavy to me as a result of that and it's not saying that everything's got to be buoyant and and joyful and a good old laugh all the time but I ask myself well why can't it be why can't we have fun and enjoy our businesses at the same time as making serious money and 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 creating shifts in people's lives on our own I I don't think they're mutually exclusive um and so you know the values work and checking in feeling in is, is a really, really important one. And I suppose when, when your clients start doing that a little bit more and they start doing all of these things and bringing them together, what's the result? What happens? Phenomenal results. Like I always ask, I work with my clients one-on-one for six months, the mastermind's three months at the moment, but I always ask them at the start, what do you want to achieve in the next three months? And what do you want to have achieved by the six months? And then I do a check-in and they've always achieved so much more than they thought possible in that three months and actually feel like they enjoy it and feel like they've got a a legitimate business is how one of my clients described it. She said she used to feel like she was showing up on social media trying to make money, but now she's created a business that works for her, for her energy, for her life. It works for her clients. I just think that's priceless. Mm, It is absolutely gold. And the thing is, it's all encompassing, isn't it? You know, it's that that's what and I think as well, it's important. Don't you think, Emma, that as women, we find that balance. I'm not suggesting that men don't need a balance, but it's different. They respond in different ways. And certainly for me, balance has become more and more important as I realized how much I had that like hustler mentality, how much I brought that from my corporate and from my sales environment which is only ever about hitting targets no time for how you feel don't worry about that just hit the targets and so that's great because my extroverted personality loved that loved all that interaction but actually what I didn't realize is that I was so exhausted a lot of the time or burnt out and that's why that does in fact burn people out when you're constantly performing 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 so I think the balance is really really interesting that you talk about and it's important for everyone I think, to to lean into. Because listening to this podcast, I'm sure there's people that will think, well, yeah, I'm a bit like that. And I'm a bit like that as well. And I'm a bit like that as well. So going back to doing the the, the sort of the Myers-Briggs test and the profiling really helps people to get a handle on. So I use DISC, which is, you know, similar. And it's really, isn't it, about finding those strengths and finding those weaknesses. But but I think more than anything, what what I feel that you're talking about is, is working with your own uniqueness, right? Yeah. And that's actually a word that I've incorporated into my marketing recently because I've realized that, yeah, we're all unique. We can look at our, I love DISC too. So, you know, we can look at our Myers-Briggs, our DISC, we could look at our human design, we could look at our, you know, big five, all of these things. 
And then when we take in, you know, our own preferences and the experience that we've got, we're going to be so different to everyone else. Like there's no way that one cookie cutter formula can fit everyone. It's, it, it's just not possible. No, it's got to be flexible. And that's why I think, you know, true coaching is really in that bespoke space. And then of course, having, you know, systems and processes and programs that that's really good for, for putting people through those, those steps and getting things done, getting those action points done. But I find that, you know, um, most of my clients will come out of the programs as well, because then they realize they need more and they want that unique individual coaching. It's like, well, what about me? I've done all yes. this stuff now. What about m- me and how I feel? And of course, then it starts leaning into a lot of your personal life as well, which isn't separate, is it? So do um, the sort of, I was going to call them entrepreneurs. I don't know. Why. <laughs> That's you quite should, nice. You mark that. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps you should. Um, so like introverts. I've got my question now, Emma. I was so blown away by my own magic. <laughs> You're <a> genius. <laughs> I can't, what was I going to ask you? What did I say there? You've got a good recall, Emma. We were, yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Um, <laughs> about how people come out of the programs and then they want that personalised bespoke touch and it's not just your business, it's everything. It's it's all of your life. That's right, yeah. So do you, do you find that the introverts want to keep some kind of separation between personal life and business life do they find those that that kind of person find that difficult to incorporate because in social media it's kind of asking and demanding for like we want to know you we want to know all, all your bits and pieces and things and please tell us you know but is that just a myth or how do they feel about that I think in my experience, a lot of my clients do struggle with it. It's something I definitely struggled with because I didn't have social media until I was 39. Mm. So I'd I'd lived a a big portion of my life and and avoided it. And it wasn't until I brought the business online that I realized it was a great marketing tool and that, you know, it it was a good place to be. But wow, it was a culture shock. I remember writing that in the article about what a a shock that was to your system. Major shock because Mm. I would, you know, if I went out for coffee I wouldn't dream of taking a picture of my coffee at that point in my life and then I'm like how strange right (laughs) yeah what why would I I would see people out to dinner with their phones out and I would think what are they doing um but then as I got into that space I could see from a business owner point of view and especially as a a service provider where people are working one-on-one with you they do want to know about you and they do want to see a little bit of your life. So I always work with my clients at the start to get clear on what are they willing to share and what are they not willing to share. And I've even got clients that actually are very active on social media and you would say, oh, they're on there all the time. They're sharing everything. But they've actually got very strict boundaries about things that, that they never share. They've got three or four things that are just, you know, not not negotiable. Mm, yeah, exactly. And I think that's important else. I mean, there's many people that like to bear their absolute soul online and 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 sometimes that's interesting and sometimes that's a bit car crashy it depends what kind of thing you want to watch um but I think it's really important to to there's a word here isn't there the boundaries yeah you know the boundaries so that you feel that you are protected you're not completely exposed not everybody knows every little dot and comma about you but maybe the extreme extroverts wouldn't be comfortable unless they were sharing everything Exactly. And it's what works for one is not is not going to work for another. So there's no right or wrong way. But if you are more introverted or sensitive, definitely don't feel that you have to go and share the same way as everyone else, because actually the people that you want to attract 
probably don't need that from you. They probably like the fact that you are a bit more reserved or that you're sharing things through a podcast or a blog post rather than reels and stories. Mm. And it's interesting that, like you say, you, you struggled with that. In what way did you struggle with it and how did you overcome it when you came into that online space? Is it by choosing the, the different areas that you were happy to work in and having those boundaries? Is that how you managed it? Did, did anything overwhelm you? That's how I managed it in the end was by being really clear about what I share and what I don't share. Um, but at first, I think what overwhelmed me was I felt like the business bled into my life. If I felt like, you know, the coach I was working with at the time, she was like, well, take a picture when you go out for coffee and take a picture when you go out for dinner and take a picture of your walk down the beach in the morning. And I was like, I don't take my phone to any of these places. So then I, I tried doing that. And I got miserable really quickly because I felt a slave to my phone yes. where I wouldn't, I wouldn't be before. And times that I should have been out and switched off and enjoy myself, I was like, oh, hang on, like, don't tuck in yet. I've got to take a picture. And that just felt awful. Don't get me wrong. Now that, you know, it's been a couple of years and I'm much more used to it. I, if I've got my phone and I see something, I'll happily snap it and share. But I think it was that feeling of, I have to do this. Um, like you said, we don't want things to feel regimented. We've created our business so that we, we can enjoy our time. So having those clear boundaries about like, this is work and this is what gets shared. And you know, this is not work and this stays, stays out yeah. of it. That's what worked really well for me. Yes, indeed. And also the experience, isn't it? So you're having an experience and you're enjoying your walk or you're enjoying your meal and you think, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I must get this on stories I, I must take a picture I must and, and sometimes that can be quite invasive depending if you're with yeah. somebody as well you know you're expecting that they're going to be okay with that and that might feel quite jarring for them so the friend that I was out with at the weekend doesn't like social media at all doesn't want photographs doesn't like them totally personal choice um, and doesn't like me taking lots of photographs or getting too active in that zone and I know that so it's like well let's have couple of photos together which is just for us for our friendship I did take a photograph of my food because it looked amazing and it was amazing and I did share that but that was it you know that was it the rest of the evening was really about that interaction so we've got to be careful I think from how I feel and tell me how you feel that we, we actually still experience our lives and our businesses in the way that feels good for us and like you say not becoming slave to it I mean fancy that becoming slave to something that we've created I, it it's makes just sense, crazy it? Mm. it makes no sense whatsoever because most of us left our corporate jobs because we felt a slave to them or we didn't have the control so especially for me who was someone that didn't have social media then to leave that job and then join social media for the business and then be like oh I have to do this all the time now I was like well, this doesn't make any sense mm. and that's where again that mind shift work comes in isn't it that kind of like changing of how you think because when you're in corporate it's really really easy to just do what they say and they've done all the marketing they've done all the branding they've done all the bits and then you have your role and you show up and they tell you how much you earn and what you what you're going to do and how it's going to be so it's really a lot of the mindset work isn't it and then and then the strategy becomes easy and of course you know energetics and energy work is super super important so over it all I've just got this big big feeling of you know a final word of balance what would be your big feeling word for like the work that you do that we're talking about what's the big word the word that comes to mind is calm calm 
because I, I think like you've said we we don't have to have the hustle we don't have to have a thousand things going around in our brains we can still be creative and feel calm we can still run a business with you know many moving parts and feel calm when we're in alignment yes yes really important and of course just think how we all feel when we say the word calm like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> you know, I might, I, I might make it one of my core values in calmness. I, yeah, well, one of my core values is inner peace. And when oh, I was lovely. when I was doing the values work, um, the deep values work about three years ago, I wasn't quite sure why that came up for me because I was thinking inner peace. That you know, at that time, remember, it felt a little bit woo, a little bit <laughs> you know, um, inner peace. Yeah, you know, but I was really held to it and now I can see why now that I've evolved and done a lot more and the business is coming forward and I've changed I can see why inner peace for me is so important and why it was instinctively right for me back then as one of my my core values so you know I'm really leaning into a lot more calm and and a lot less hassle hustle because it just you know why it just feels better and I think introvert or extrovert that's a good thing for anyone yeah, we just want to feel good and then stack that. That's what I say. Feel yes. good and then stack it. <laughs> um, we spend so much time worrying and, and, and whittling and, and stressing. It's like, you know, sometimes we need to take a check of ourselves. So I think it's really good to get connected, I would say, with your inner introvert. Even if you are an extrovert and you don't often calm down, maybe just try it. Sit, because that could bring a whole new level of creation, couldn't it? I love, I love the work that you do. I love the, the sensitivity in all of it and the attention to, you know, people and their unique qualities and and how best to leverage that and work with that when building a business. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you would love to end with or your last nugget of wisdom in our podcast today? I think it would be like know yourself, learn yourself and understand it and then use it to your best advantage. Um, I think it's a big mindset shift where we can use things as excuses not to not to push forward or not to get out of our comfort zone. But the more awareness you've got, I think the more empowered decisions that you can make and make sure that you're on the right track. And if something feels a little bit scary, that's okay. You know, a lot of things that I do in my business still feel scary, but I just understand that that's a part of who I am. Yeah. And it's, it's a good sign as well, isn't it? Fear. It's a good sign that I think sometimes we're, we're onto something new and we're stepping out of the comfort zone. So we can just reframe that really easily, make it feel a bit better, make it feel good. So thank you, Emma. Where can people find you? Thank you so much for having me. Um, Probably the best place to connect with me is in my Facebook group, the ambitious introvert network. I've also got the podcast, The Ambitious Introvert Podcast, and I'm on Instagram at Emma Lou Parks. Lovely. So it's pretty easy to find people um, these days. And I would head over and take a look at Emma and see, you know, see how you feel about listening to this podcast. You know, maybe some things resonate with you, get you thinking a little bit differently. And if you would like to hear more of these podcasts, you can subscribe to the Coach Podcast and never miss a show. And you can head over to coach-magazine.com where you can read the latest articles, listen to the podcast, you can join the directory and you can also be featured and published there as well so thank you for listening to the show thank you emma for being such a lovely guest it's very nice and calming just even speaking to you i've thoroughly enjoyed it and i'm sure that we will cross paths again in the very near future thank you so much for having me you can read coach magazine for free online every quarter 
Just subscribe at coach-magazine.com and receive it direct to your inbox. You can order print copies, book a directory listing, find us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram.